Happy Mother's Day, all you ladies at TAC. I just uh, want to tell you that this is the Lambs, and we're saying howdy from Porter, Texas. And here's my favorite mom. I know the corona has really been difficult on everybody. The blessing that I have received through all of this is that we are able to watch and see our, our TLC family that we have not been able to see before. We're enjoying our new home, we're settling in, but we miss you so much. We love you all. And I'm thrilled to see that the noise has continued. Love to all from Porter, Texas, the Lambs. Woohoo! Woohoo! We love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. From our house to yours, we wish you a Happy Mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Day. We love, we love you, moms. You. You're the best. Good morning, Trinity Alliance Church. Just wishing a well-deserved and heartfelt Mother's Day to all you amazing moms there, as well as my own. Hope to see you all soon. Hello, Trinity Alliance Church family. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day to you. Hey, glad we're able to join us today and and to be able to celebrate this hey i see travis and nicole faulkner out there kids make sure you tell your mom happy mother's day and mike and linda hey we're going to be seeing you in a little bit and there is the pitroff family less aaron because aaron's here and aaron's also there and oh that's deep oh anyway anyhow there we go and and clevering is ron clevering hey wake up ron 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 wake up yeah all right whatever Hey guys, glad you're all here, and I got one other thing I want to do. All the kids right now, on the count of three, I want you all to turn to your moms and say Happy Mother's Day. You ready? One, two, three. Happy Mother's Day! All right, cool. Good job, guys. Hey, just a couple of quick announcements here before we uh, get into what's happening here this morning with the service and worship and the message, uh, which this man right here will be bringing to us. Shalem Valpula will be bringing the message in a little bit. Um, just want to remind you, Sacred Space is coming up on Saturday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Go to the Trinity Alliance Church Facebook group page and you can join in there with the prayer time for one hour on Saturday night. Uh, also, there are all the announcements and everything are at the tacreading.info site, so you can go there and keep uh, up to date on what's happening in the church. And if you haven't signed up for the pastor's ponderings that are coming out on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then again on Friday, we would like to get those to you. We had an awesome message um, sharing from Pastor Sean this week, and Becky Erickson did one on Friday, and it was really an awesome thing. So if you haven't been seeing those, we want to get those to you. Um, just let us know you need to get on that mail list, email list, and we'll make that happen, okay? And that's pretty much Mitch, it for the announcements and things that I have. So if you have any questions, call the church office, and we'll get back to you just as soon as we can with that. 
Also, what we have um, is we have communion happening a little bit later here in the service, so if you haven't got an opportunity to get your communion supplies yet, if you didn't pick up any when you came to the drive-thru on Saturday, take a little bit of time right now, get some uh, crackers or bread or something and some juice of some sort, and be ready for communion, that we're going to be celebrating that in just a little bit together. All right, right now we're going to take a moment and hear from Mike and Linda Hurley, and they're going to share with us about what has been happening in their lives through this time of trial and tribulation of the coronavirus. So Mike and Linda, take it away. And go. Hi. Oh, let's start over again. <laughs> this I'm is not so too hard. complicated. <laughs> Get a Nana sit on some books. One, one, one pause. Car fire. Stop. Sorry. Hi, we're the Hurleys. I'm Mike. And I'm Linda. We thought we'd uh, update you on what we're doing during this coronavirus uh, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. So, Linda, what are we doing? Well, so far we've planted a garden, a vegetable garden. That's very exciting. So we're watching our um, newly planted tomato plants grow. Uh, we have learned how to cut each other's hair. That's been pretty exciting. Yeah. Scary and Scary. exciting. <laughs> um, let's see, Mike, you've been in your shop. Been doing some pots and some stepping stones, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Had a lot of shop time. Wonderful. Uh, taking long walks in the morning in our neighborhood and praying for our neighbors. And we're working on a puzzle, we're working on a second puzzle, which has been very interesting. Mike, you have some meetings that you go to. Yep. Uh, I, I've been meeting with a group of men for 20 years at Blackbird Diner. Obviously not at Blackbird Diner now, so we're meeting at Enterprise Park every Saturday. Probably the most exciting thing, though, that's happened during this um, period of time has been your involvement with the Billy Graham Chaplaincy Program. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I got involved with the Billy Graham uh, Association when the car fire happened, mm -hmm. and I saw them work here in Reading. And then the campfire happened, and when the campfire happened, I just had to volunteer, and so I became a chaplain with the Billy Graham Association. And I went to Paradise about eight different times. I've always wanted to continue that on, but when the COVID-19 thing happened, they put an email out to all of us and, and talked about getting us involved in a prayer line. So I'm involved in the coronavirus prayer line, and uh, we do that. So tell us how the program works. How it works is uh, the, the Billy Graham Association, you, many of you have probably seen the Franklin Graham ads on various TV stations. And at the end of the ad about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is an 888 number that you can call and pray with somebody. Well, I'm one of the somebodies. And when we did the, the training, there were 500 of us being trained. So I don't know how many are active, but several hundred. So how it works is there's an app on my phone called um, something. <laughs> What's it called? Anyway, it's it's called Shift Time. That's what it is, Shift Time. So I go on that app and I look and see what shifts they made that they think they're going to need chaplains. And then I sign up on that app. Uh, I might take two hours or three hours a day. And then when my time comes that I've signed up for, then there's another app on the phone called RC Phone or something like that, Ring, and uh, I let them know that I am now available. So then when people call the 888 number, the car calls get routed to all of us who are online at that time. 
and it's pretty exciting. So it's pretty random, isn't it? It's very random. I never know what the topic's gonna be. I never know who's calling. I never know what they're calling about or anything. So who have you talked to? By now, uh, this is Monday the 4th, uh, I've talked to over 90 people in 30 different states in two Canadian provinces. Wow. Been uh, privileged to, uh, uh, to, to lead six to Jesus, pray him through the prayer. Um, but it's very challenging because uh, you can imagine a Cajun person in Louisiana talks way different than somebody from New Jersey. So sometimes it's hard to understand that dialects and I'm hard of hearing anyway. And if I don't put my hearing aids in, it's a real problem. But <laughs> it's been real thrilling too. Have you talked to a person more than once? I've talked to two different families, one family twice and one family three times. And uh, it just happens that way, uh, that they would call through and get me again. Many people are calling many times, multiple times because this is a time of real anxiety for a lot of people. So they're calling with needs. They're calling with tremendous needs, some needs that just really tug at your heart and it's hard to understand how people get through some of these things. And do you have tools that help you with those phone calls? We have, we have pretty good tools. The first tool that I purchased through them is this Christian Workers Handbook. And in this handbook, which is 390 pages, are uh, an index of all different kinds of categories like anxiety, fear, depression, financial worries, or whatever. And if, if I ascertain from the conversation that a person is worried about such and such, I'll go to that category if I have enough time and if I can do it, um, I'll go to that category and then there will be a lot of scriptures relating to that topic. And you know, God's word does not come back void. So uh, it's, it's been a real help. So tell me what being um, a telephone chaplain has meant to you. What have you gotten out of it? I get as much out of it as I share. Um, and you know, God has allowed things to happen in my life that makes my life kind of real to people because I've screwed up a lot. And uh, so uh, God takes our messes and makes them his ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what's happened in this. It's really ironic, if you can use that word, uh, how many times somebody will call and I have a similar background, I can identify with them and help them kind of through their problem. So the message is we need each other now more than ever. And also another message is God's word is the power. We do not have to be expert evangelists. So all of Good you out point. there thinking that you have to be an expert, don't even, as long as you share Christ's love with folks, their minds and hearts are open to that message. Amen. Amen. So that's what the Hurleys have been up to. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> Miss you, church. Thank you, Mike and Linda Hurley. That was um, amazing and fantastic, and knowing that God is faithful. And um, good morning, Trinity Church family. Um, we miss you. We miss you a lot, and we are looking forward to the day that we are going to be able to assemble together again and see each other in person. And I wanted to share with you just a little bit um, about my heart about uh, this week when I was um, seeking the Lord this week. And it was kind of a rough week, especially with allergies and just feeling... Um, 
discouraged and ready to be done with all of this and ready to move on and and be out and about. And I was brought to um, Philippians. And I'm going to read Philippians for us this morning as we prepare our hearts and as we enter into a time of worship through song and then also worship through the word this morning. Um, I pray that you would um, hear these words of encouragement. And this is Paul speaking to the church of Philippians, uh, Philippi, and um, he's not with them. He's away from them. But when he's away and he is in jail and when he is um, locked down, Um, he still sends encouragement to those that he loves. And so I'm going to read to you from Philippians this morning. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I'm so pleased that you have continued on in this with us believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. It's not all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, and came out of it in one piece. All along, you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love and miss you these days. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. So this is my prayer that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of. Bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all getting everyone involved in the glory and the praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. Father God, that um, in Paul's words, Father God, that we would continue to give thanks and praise to you. For that we know that you are with us, Lord. And that we continue to pray for one another and lifting each other up with thanksgiving And, Father God, also that we would continue to love and pour out to others around us. Father God, give us your strength and your hope for today and for tomorrow, Lord Jesus. May we trust in you. May we lean on you in those times of difficulty. But also, Lord, that we may lift our hands and give you praise and honor and glory. Because, Father God, even in the midst of this moment, in the difficult times and the good times, you are still worthy of our praise. So, Father God, we praise you this uh, morning, and uh, we give you all glory and honor and praise. May you be with us in um, every aspect of our homes, even now and tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Father God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning.
Good to see you this morning again, and uh, just excited to be with you, and knowing that uh, I get to watch somebody else kind of rant on all morning instead of watching myself. It's going to be great, right? We got Shalem preaching and ranting today. It's going to be awesome. So excited about that. I know you are as well. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a good Sunday. It's a good, uh, it's a good day to be at church. It's a good day to be gathering like this and continuing to worship, praising the Lord that we're able to do this and that we've got some uh, great uh, people with great gifts and abilities and talents to be able to make this happen each week. So uh, anyway, church, uh, welcome. We're glad you're here to worship with us. Wanted to let you know one thing and just ask you to be praying for one thing uh, for us right now. We have begun this week to uh, review the applications for our next-gen pastor position. And so we've got some great applicants and we've got a great search team that's kind of come together and beginning to uh, work through those applications and looking at maybe doing interviews here in a couple of weeks and uh, so we're excited about that, but we just we, we, we covet your prayers, that you would be praying with us, that uh, we would be able to discern what God's will is and, and who the right person is for that position in our church. And uh, it's uh, an important time, you know, it's an important position to fill and uh, have uh, the right personality and the right gift, uh, giftings and the right talents and, and all of that. And so I uh, just uh, ask you to be praying for us over the next month as we uh, try to go through this process and select that next to Jen Pastor for our church, all right? So thank you for doing that in advance. i uh, let you know who's on our search team. We've got uh, Elise uh, Osborne. She's one of our teenagers, so she's helping us out. Also have Becky uh, Erickson, of course. We have Aaron Pitroff. We have myself. I think that's it, yeah. Uh, so that's the four of us, and so if you can be praying for all four of us as we work through those, that would be great. Uh, also, this morning, uh, we were going to take communion. We're going to do that now, and uh, excited to be able to do that again. If you were able to stop by yesterday, you should have got a little uh, kind of uh, pre-packed uh, communion element for you. has uh, uh, the, the wafer, bread wafer on the top, and then, of course, uh, the juice in the underneath. And so uh, we'll be using that uh, this morning for uh, communion. If you do not have one of these, you didn't get one of these, that's great. No problem. No worries. Uh, we missed you, though, and we wish you would have been here so we could have waved at you and said hi and all that. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, grab some communion elements like Bob mentioned before. Uh, you could grab, you know, whatever you have in the cupboard. Uh, it, it'll work. Uh, this is a, a symbol of the body and the blood of Jesus. And so uh, you can use whatever you want and uh, just understand that as we pray that this is a, a, a symbolic act that we do to remind ourselves of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. The fact that his body was broken for us, that his uh, blood was poured out for us. And as we partake of these 
elements, we are uh, identifying with what he endured for us, what he suffered for us. Uh, We are uh, uh, taking him into our body, becoming one with Jesus in his suffering so that we can also be one with Jesus in his resurrection and in his glory. And so, uh, anyway, so go ahead and grab those elements really quick, and uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll begin to uh, walk through communion this morning together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for who you are, uh, the, the fact that you continue to journey in life with us. You're a God who desires relationship and has revealed yourself to us in so many different ways uh, through, your, through the gospel and, uh, Gospels and through the Old Testament and through all of the different uh, stories throughout history of how you've interacted with different individuals and different people throughout time. Uh, but most importantly, you revealed to us through you revealed yourself to us through your son Jesus. Uh, we thank you so much that uh, you sent your son to come and live among us, and that he willingly uh, was sent. He willingly came and lived his life as a servant uh, here on earth for thirty some years, and then eventually gave his life. He, he willingly surrendered his life for us, that he would pay the price. For our sin, that he would pay the penalty of that sin, that he would take our death and our separation from you so that we could experience new life, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be united with you uh, in relationship for all eternity. So, Lord, this morning as we partake in this communion, I, I pray that you would remind us of all of these important pieces, but, but also, Lord, that you would uh, receive our partaking of these elements this morning as uh, our, re- our renewed commitment to identify with Christ, to accept his sacrifice, but also to offer our lives as a living sacrifice, to live out uh, our lives following Jesus wherever he leads in the hopes that he would be glorified and not us. So Lord, accept our commitment to you again this morning. Accept our remembrance of you again this morning in Jesus and what he did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, let's, uh, if you have one of these, you have to be careful. You just, there's a little kind of almost invisible layer on the top that you've got to get, and you pull that. If you pull the big layer, then the juice comes out. You don't want the juice in, because there's this wafer right here. So you got that zoomed in on that little wafer. All right, we got the wafer first. Then I'm going to read a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Then we'll partake, uh, take this, uh, this wafer or the, whatever you have for the body of Christ, and we'll take it together. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 and following, uh, Paul is instructing the Corinthians on how to partake uh, of the Lord's Supper appropriately. And he says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's do it together. And then next, we're going to open up the juice part. And so that's the bigger tab below the little tiny invisible tab. And open that up carefully. And uh, then I will go on in our reading in 1 Corinthians 11. And then we'll partake of the blood of Jesus together. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then Paul goes on and he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's proclaim the Lord's death until he comes as we partake of this cup together. All right, very good. Church, let's uh, go on with worship. And again, just thanking Jesus for all that he's done for us, his willing sacrifice for us. Uh, but, Lord, but may we also, again, uh, throughout this service, continue to evaluate our life and how we can once again recommit our life to Jesus, to follow him wherever he leads. He is a good, uh, he's a good God. He's a good, uh, a, a good Savior, someone we need to be watching and following. He's, he's never going to lead us into a, in, a, in a way that's going to lead us away from himself or away from the blessings that he has for us. So, uh, so church, let's continue to worship together in song.
holding on to me God is holding on When the night is holding on to me God is holding on I love you, Lord Oh, your mercy never fails me I've been held within your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God So my life you have been
just thank you this morning that uh, that we could be here that we could be praising your name together even though we're not all together in the same room we can still praise you in our own homes we can still sing your praises Lord just pray as my brother Shalem comes and, and shares your word just pray that you would speak through him this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak the words that you would have us to hear today just thank you, Lord, again for uh, for Mother's Day. Thank you for our moms. Thank you for everything that they mean to us. Lord, just uh, thank you that you are love. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning, TAC family. Uh, what a privilege for me to speak on Mother's Day to preach the Word of God. And I really feel so honored and I'm overwhelmed with God's love and this opportunity. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the Lord for giving this opportunity to speak. Uh, and I also want to like to Thank Pastor Sean and Pastor Bob and also the TSE family for giving me this opportunity. This is my first time preaching here in TSE, that too in English. Uh, Grace always tells me that uh, if, if I, for example, if I go to India for two months, when I come back, it'll take two months for me to get back where she can understand when I speak in English. So probably it's not been two months yet, so hopefully you able to understand me when I'm speaking today. Uh, but I am very uh, happy that I get to speak, even though I'm not able to see you guys here, but I know that you are at home, and God has given us opportunity to online. We can worship together, sing together, and to hear his word. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I would like to take this opportunity, and uh, I just want to uh, wish and uh, wish and honor all our beautiful mothers of TAC. I just want to wish you the all happy Mother's Day. And I also want to wish my wife, Grace, also a wonderful mom. She has been past uh, nine months. She was pregnant, plus uh, another almost nine months. So yeah, she, and it, just, it was beautiful to see her being a mom. Uh, yeah, I know her as a friend, 
as a wife, now as a mom, and to be beautiful. I also want to honor my mom in India. She's very far away. I miss her, and, but she's, she is, I just want to honor her, and I'm very thankful for, for her, for, for my life. And I also want to thank my mother-in-law, who is uh, a wonderful husband. I know some, I don't know about your mother-in-laws, but I know about my mother. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, I really love her, and she loves God. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm very privileged to be her son-in-law. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's such an honor and a privilege. And once again, I just want to all wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Uh, Let's, before we go into the message, I just want to start with a prayer, and let's bow down our head and close our eyes and pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come on this Sunday, to come before your presence and before your throne of grace and mercy. Lord, I'm unworthy to speak your words, but I really thank you for giving me this opportunity to share your word. Lord, uh, you speak through me, and let this Mother's Day be a blessing to all of us, especially for mothers. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, as you know, I've never been a mom, but I asked Grace what it's like to be a mom, you know, because, yeah, I've never been a mom. So Grace came up with a beautiful pictures, a slide. Uh, here they are. I thought they were really funny. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of you know the history of Mother's Day. Here, uh, when, I, when, I was, uh, when I know that I'm going to speak on Mother's Day, so I thought I just want to do a little search what Mother's Day looks. So here's a little history. The Mother's Day was started by a lady called Anna Jarvis. She herself is not a mother. She wasn't married. However, she wanted to honor her mother. Her, her, her mother's name is Anne Jarvis. She was a social activist. Uh, she was a speaker. She was a teacher. She worked during the Civil War in America. And she had a lot of medical camps. And uh, so she worked mostly with wo uh, women and moms and also with the soldiers during that time. However, uh, Anna Jarvis, because she wanted to honor her mom and she loved her mom, on, so she on her mother's first memorial service at her church, her mother's church, which is called uh, St. Andrew Mathera Church, which is in West Virginia, she asked the church to celebrate Mother's Day. Yes, first Mother's Day was celebrated in a church. I like that. So, uh, but as it became, grew, it became a nationwide, President Woodrow Wilson on May 9th, 1914, 1914 he, he, he signed and considered is the world, uh, considered this as, decided that May 9th would be the 19th, uh, Mother's Day. So here is a little bit of a history. Growing up in India, I never know about Mother's Day. Unless, until I came to America uh, four or five years back, I was able to know that, oh, they celebrate Mother's Day in here. So before we go into the message, I just wanted to share a little bit about my mother and just give a little testimony about my, what my mother is. And uh, yeah, 
what I am today, it's purely because of God's grace, first of all. Second would be my mother. She has been my spiritual, uh, she has been my uh, spiritual leader, and she has been a role model in my life. Let me get some water. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't spoke this long. I mean, this long. It's not even five minutes. But <laughs> I, I wonder how Pastor John do it, especially speaking in English. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, my mother. Who I am it's today is because of purely God's grace and it's because of my mother. She has been a major, major role in my life. What you see today, it's because of my mother. I would definitely say because of our prayers. My father, my grandfather also played a major role in my life. However, at home, she was the woman who taught me. For example, again, you, I remember my mom waking up in the morning, early morning, five o'clock with mom and dad. They both pray. And I remember they coming into our room and laying her hand on our heads and pray every day morning, five o'clock. There was a season in our time. I mean, it might sound a little rude. Unless you read your Bible or memorize a passage or a verse, you will not get your breakfast. So that's so my mom used to do that. And she used to, not only that, uh, she, like, she, when we, not, I remember still when we were kids, and we don't even know to read, but she used to read the Bible verse, and she, we have to repeat after her. She taught me how to pray, because I don't know how to pray, but she taught me, like, what need to pray, what we need to pray, what we need to give us thanks to others, then last we come to ourselves. So there's many things. She has been my spiritual role model. What I am today, my, my spiritual uh, understanding, or the word, or... I'm praying, or my life, she has structured. And I'm very thankful for what she has done in my life. So, yeah, she has been my primary influence in my life. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Mom, for giving this uh, opportunity to know the Lord. And she's been a good, a faithful uh, woman as an example. And not only as a mom, I've seen her as being a pastor's wife. She loves the Lord. She's a very godly woman. She prays for the people. If my dad is not in the town, she is like a shepherd. She runs and jumps in. If, if people need a prayer, she goes. So she's not only a mom, but she was a spiritual leader in my life. So with that, uh, so that has been my, my mom influence in my life. Not only spiritual side, also physical side too, like material side. Like when we, lived in, we lived in a boarding school. I think I'm taking a little longer time now speaking about my mom. But when I was in boarding school, whenever we come to home, she used to give us a lot of things what we need. Uh, anyway, but I asked, uh, anyway, I asked Grace, I just wanted to know what other moms are like. Like, like my mom, there are other moms in the world. So I, I asked Grace to meet or reach out to some friends and families uh, to know what God has been teaching the moms of being a mom or what is the role model of a mom. So Grace did a wonderful survey and we got wonderful, beautiful answers from moms about what God has been teaching them as a mom as well as what is the role of a mom. So here I'm going to read a few of them. So we really made it very brief. Uh, and I really want to thank all the TAC moms who have responded and gave their answers. And 
So I'm going to hear it. I'm going to read. Role of a mom. To nurture, love, and protect our children. To show her kids the love of God. To teach her kids about the ugliness of sin and the beauty of Jesus. To lead children by being an example. To be guide in life and a place of comfort. To laugh with her children and make them feel safe. That's the role of a mother. Now let's look at what God has taught the mothers. That we are selfish and need grace every day. That serving our children is worth in it even if they don't recognize and appreciate it. How to be patient and fully rely on God. That being a mom does not always mean giving birth, but can come in many forms. That our children need both our success and our failures, our strength and weaknesses. So these are some of the few uh, responses uh, we got from present day, from our moms, uh, from TAC moms, what God has been teaching them, and what to be a mom. However, now let's look at biblically, uh, let's look at biblical moms. So uh, now let's speak about what b- biblical moms looks like, and I've decided, I've decided we're going to speak on three uh, biblical moms. The first would be uh, mother of life, that is Eve. Let's all open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. So when I, when I said mother of life, she is the, the first lady. I mean, not Ivanka Trump, but I'm talking about the first mother of all mothers. So yeah, let's read Genesis chapter 3. Let's learn what a biblical mom from this first mother. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the become the mother of all living. Adam named Eve because she's going to become mother of all living. The Eve means, the meaning is life, a life giver. When I look at mom, moms are the life giver. We thought, could you imagine, without mom, we would not even exist. I, myself, or Sean, or Pastor Sean, both Sean's, or Pastor Bob, Nobody would even exist without mother. It's such a beautiful, when we look at mother, God's creation, God chose mother as to create another human being. One, one pastor calls it incarnational power. God has given mother that. How beautiful, imagine, God chose woman to do that. I would never imagine men to do that. Oh, I can't even, I don't want to be, because I know, I, I mean, you, you all know that being a mom, it's, it's hard. So I'm glad God didn't choose the man. He chose a woman. But so God chose. It's such a beautiful gift. And when we look at, uh, you have also heard a lot of uh, mothers, the life gear. You have also heard, like if in India or even here, you call, you, people compare the earth or the nature as a mother. Because earth, nature, they all give life. And mothers do give life. So how hard Tsunami may come, earthquake may come, but they, they come back alive. So mothers are the life givers in our lives. Wherever we are as a mothers, I would like to encourage you to hear that, that you are a, a life giver. You, you might feel failed or sometimes. You might feel like, I am lost. 
or I'm not the perfect mother, but today I want to encourage that you are where you are. God chose you for a purpose to be a mother for that child, and you are not a failure. When we look at life of Eve, yes, she failed. She believed the lies of Satan. I, today, you might be, as a mother, we might be believing a lot of lies around us. As a mother or failure, whatever, as we talked before. So do, I would encourage not to listen to the lies of the evil because he is there to destroy the family, destroy to put those thoughts in us. But I wouldn't encourage that, uh, that do not listen to the lies of the evil, but trust in God. It's beautiful to see the story of Eve. You know, when Adam named the, when he gave the name to Eve, it was after the fall, it's not before the fall. So if you, if you look at the Genesis chapter 3, it's about the curses, but in the middle of the curses, you see that Adam comes out and says that you are a living. Why did he, did, why did he do, you know? Because it is a prophetical name, actually, because God promised through Eve that he will raise a seed, that is Jesus Christ, that is a life, a new life that is going to crush the evil, the death which has come because of the fall. So Jesus chose a one who's failed. I mean, God chose the Eve who has failed and brought the sin over to the whole human humanity. But God chose that kind of person who f failed or who listened to the lies, who uh, forgot to trust God or obey him. But God chose them to bring a life, who he, to bring Jesus, bring a new life. So today, as a Mother's Day, you are a life giver. Through you, you are a life giver to your husband, life giver to your children, and you create a space for life giving. So, so, so when Christ, uh, when as a Eve gave a new life through Jesus Christ, we are as the children of God. We are, have Christ in us. So we are the image bearers of Christ. Let your life, or let the Christ shine. Let your the life of Christ. You be the Christ for the family. So, so. A woman, and there's a, a, a author says that women manifest the glorious love of God to creation through birth. So God chose you to be the life giver, not only physically, but also emotionally, spiritually to the family. That's mother one. Let's look at second mother, that is mother of prayer. If, let's open our Bibles to First Samuel, first chapter. So I might, I'm, uh, I'm going to read the. Uh, it is the, the. I'm going to read the life of Hannah. She is the one who uh, at the first chapter, first Samuel, first chapter. It uh, It starts. It begins with Hannah, uh, a mom. So let's look at her life. Uh, so first uh, couple of verses. I'm going to read uh, just briefly. Then I'm going to read through the scripture. So let's open to First Samuel, Samuel, first chapter. Uh, okay, there was a man called Elkanah. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, another one was Peninia. The Peninia had children, but Hannah had no children. 
Every year, Elkanah goes to Shiloh with his two wives and children. Each time they go to the temple, Penana provoke her grievously and irritate Hannah because the Lord has closed her womb. So you can just follow me in the Bible. That, that was very brief at the beginning, but you can follow me in the next. Like, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. The Penina used to provoke the Hannah. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And after they ha- uh, would not eat. However, so whenever they go to the temple, the Penina used to provoke the Hannah. However, Eli, a priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was, as she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept, wept bitterly, as she continued to pray before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. And the next day, they rose, the verse 19, they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah, and in due time, verse 20, Hannah conceived and before bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for he said, I have asked for him from the Lord. When we look at the life of Hannah, we see she'd been distressed, and the Penina, her uh, another wife of Elkanah, she'd been, um, she'd been like abusing or the words provoking her because Lord has closed her womb. However, in this chapter, we see a mom who prays before the Lord. So when we, when I re, when we see through this passage, we can see four things from this Hannah's prayer. So Hannah's prayer can be, we can, we can see and learn from Hannah's prayer four things. One thing, first, pray, first thing we can learn is she prayed with sorrow. Verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and swept sore. So when we see that Hannah, first she prayed with a sorrow. Today is a Mother's Day. It may not be the same for all the mothers. It is a day of a pain for some, or some for some it may be a grieving or longingness, or maybe somebody lost their mom, or they have sorrows in their life that that being a mom not able to enjoy or not able to experience or or whatever the reason reasons or maybe miscarriages, whatever going through in your situation today, but I would like to encourage you that you can pray like Hannah because God one day he's going to answer your prayers. The first of all, first thing is we see that she prayed with sorrow. So bring all your sorrows to the Lord because God says, Jesus says that cast all your burdens so whatever, as a mom today, whatever life you're going through, it may be a sickness or sickness with any deadly diseases or whatever you're going through, with sorrow in your life today, I encourage you, come before the Lord. Kneel before the Lord, Hannah, and cry to the Lord. So second, and second prayer, what she, the way she did, second prayer was she prayed secretly. Verse 13, now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, 
but her, her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. I believe, so she prayed secretly. I believe there are many, many secret prayer warriors, as a, uh, many moms who are a secret prayer warriors. They pray slowly or they pray in their heart every day. I remember my mom, when, um, she, she always prays in her heart. She told me, I'm like, oh, I, she prays when I'm driving my truck. She, she sits there and prays secretly. She always tells me that when you're driving the car or if you leave the house, I'm always praying for you. There's many moms there who are always praying for their kids or their, for their husbands or their wives or even for themselves. But there are moms who also the hearts are heavy-hearted. They could not even utter words like Hannah. She couldn't say what she's going through in her life. She cannot express her feelings. Her heart is heavy burden. And only the God and her knows the pain she's going through. So today I want to encourage that even though you're praying secretly, whatever you're going through, or you're praying secretly for uh, anyone or heavy burden or for a people, I would like to encourage you that you... Uh, that God is there hearing you. People might not know what you're praying. In, in, uh, John, I think, um, in Matthew 6, Jesus speaks speak to disciples. He says that, he sp- uh, says to them, prayers that are done, done on secret to the Father who is unseen, he would reward them. He would reward them. So I encourage you to, you can pray, People who are praying secretly that you cannot express, you cannot tell anyone, even to your husband, even to your children. And I would encourage you, you can come before the Lord and pray that Lord hears your prayers. That's the second one. So third one, here we see she prayed persistently. Uh, Verse 19, it says that, And the Lord remembered her. It came to pass when the time has come about Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel. So we see here, uh, when the time was come about, he conceived and bade the son. It's time. It is when you pray, it's very important. It is God's timing. We have to know that. It is not our timing. It is not, any, it's not our timing. It's God's timing. It, God is the one who, according to his timing, according to his will, he does it. So waiting on the Lord, it takes a lot of practice or a lot of uh, patience or uh, uh, persistent and continue to pray for him. And if you look at Romans 8, 5, uh, it says that, you know, like if, if you're in suffering, you're praying something you have in your life. Suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. We want hope. So have hope in the Lord, persistent and praying. A praying mother always never gives up. You know, a praying mother is more, there's a a saying that prayer mother is more valuable than any riches in the world. A prayer mother symbolizes the grace, strength, and wisdom. And I would like to encourage that patience, have weight on the Lord, and God is going to answer all your prayers. I know a lot of moms and from TAC and other people, I know moms who need prayers for their children and who need prayers for themselves, who need prayers to Lord to answer them. And we see, if you look at the Bible, uh, there is a lot of people who are waited on the Lord and waited on the Lord, like 
Anybody, if you take any character in the Bible, David, who perseverance, he perceivably prayed to the Lord, Moses, Nehemiah, Jeremiah, and you take anyone, I, I believe that a Christian life is a persistent life. If you're a Christian, your, life, your prayer life is a persistent prayer life. So I encourage you that if God is not answered, you can wait on the Lord. Be persistent that God will answer your prayers. So, uh, okay, I want to give an illustration. Uh, a mom and a baby uh, went to a grocery store. And uh, so while they're in the grocery store, mom has been telling Ellen, Ellen, it's all right. Ellen, no, don't do it, Ellen. It's okay, Ellen. Oh, it's fine. No, 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 no. So after a while, there's a guy watching mother and daughter having this conversation. And he comes to the mom and says, Wow, mom, you did a good job keeping Ellen quiet. She said, Excuse me, sir, the Ellen was me. So sometimes you need to wait. You have to have patience because some of the situations are not in your control. So sometimes you are like, what, take things in control. You want things done, and, but you need to have patience before coming to the Lord. So let's, let's, let's be like Ellen and wait on the Lord. Let's say ourselves, Lord, we put our trust in you. You are in control of things. And you like, I know, I, know, I mean, I don't want to be mean here, but I know moms like to be in control, especially in the home, right? Uh, but, however, but I... It is, it, it's okay to be in control, however, but having patience before the Lord for, for whatever you have in your heart and pray to the Lord that God would answer in his timing. So I would like to read a verse from Asia uh, in the chapter of chapter 14 and I think verse 15 or 16. It says that those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle, they shall run and not be weary. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful verse. So those who wait on the Lord, let's wait on the Lord as a mom, whatever your prayer life, you, whatever you're praying for, so we can learn uh, from Hannah that when we wait on the Lord, God is going to answer our prayers and he's going to give us hope and he also he will not let us vary, but he's faithful to answer our prayers. That's number three. And the last one, and, and she prayed with uh, praise. She prayed with praise. Verse 26, she said, Oh, my Lord, as you leave, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to you, the Lord, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. What a wonderful praise. She, we don't know how long she's been praying, and, but uh, we see that in meantime, God has answered prayer. So here we see a life of praise. A prayer is not only bringing our petitions, but also a life of praise. As a mom, we always need to see the little things. You know, as a mom, we have to find uh, whatever situation we are in, maybe whatever we can find the God's goodness in our lives the breath, or the family, or the husband, or the goodness, the shelter, the food, or even small things, we have to be thankful or praise the Lord for good things he has been done. I remember my mom telling me, even when I open a toothpaste, or a soap, or even buy a new clothes, we always pray and give thanks to the Lord. 
Whatever situation we are, if we don't have food to eat or anything we don't want to have, we have to be, give, uh, give thanks to the Lord and be thankful to Him and praise Him. I, when I was in India, when I preach, I tell, I don't know, this will be a good example here in America, but I say that when you take a tomato, cut, you, cut your tomato, let's say thank and praise God for He gave us the tomato. Like, you know, even the vegetables, like women in the kitchen, when you work, uh, like, let's pray. Let's praise the Lord for what he has done. Like, whatever situation, as a man, we drive around, we put gas. Have you ever praised God for giving us this gas? Even the money to put gas in it. So, I mean, this is a, a few, few examples. Like, there could be many other simple things in our life that we forget to praise God or be thankful to him. So, I encourage you as a mom that let's find Whatever sorrows, whatever pain, whatever our heart is heavy heart, let's bring and bring to the Lord and be the prayer mother who prays for all these things as always. Also, be a mother who can praise that people can see that in the midst of suffering, there is a joy. In the midst of suffering, there is a hope. In the midst of that, there is a God who brings light, who brings life. So those are the four things uh, we can learn from the uh, prayer life of Hannah. Well, I also want to point out one thing about in this chapter. While I was reading through this chapter, I found that uh, Hannah's husband was, Elkanah, was a, such a wonderful man. I would love to, now right now I, want, I would like to talk, to, even though it's a Mother's Day, I would like to talk to dads here. So uh, let's, uh, very quick, let's try to do it very quick. So verse, uh, First Samuel 1, verse 4, let's look at Elkanah, how he treats his wife. Uh, verse 4, he says, uh, let, verse 4, he, it says that, On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penania, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. That's verse 4 and 5. Let's look at verse 8. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you eat? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Wow. He is like, hey, honey, I'm there for you. Why do you need all these things? I mean, he, I don't know whether he understands his wife's pain, but I could see his heart. I think they have good understanding because he loves her. But he comes to her and says that, why do you cry? I, am I not there for you? And let's look at verse 23 also. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what it seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. Here, every year, Elkanah and his wife and children, they go to uh, do sacrifice to the Sheol. That's where the tabernacle, the temple is there. Uh, but this year... Hannah said, I would not go with you because I promised to the Lord that if he gives me son, when I go back to the temple, I'm not going to leave him there forever. I think that's what, uh, uh, which was, I don't know, some words it says that I want to leave him forever if I go to the temple. But husband says, do whatever you like, honey. So that's how we, I think we should answer to our moms as a husband. Honey, I'm not enough for you. I'm there for you all the time. And whatever you like, you do it. And you always give double portion to your wife. So, uh, 
So, I mean, I have a good examples like in India, the more, I don't know, Grace can answer. When, Grace, when we got married, first we went to India, uh, everybody looked at uh, Grace and showed her picture. In this picture, you look very thin, uh, very fat, uh, very fat, but you look very thin now. In India, people who are big, I mean, this is not to any degree. I mean, I'm in America, I have to be careful what I say. However, so when you, when you are in good shape, you're healthy. That's a sign in that culture. So here, so wives get everything, you know, anything, double portion, things, clothes, everything. So I'm just, I, the reason I'm pointing out this to you is that as a husband, we need to encourage our wives or support our wives or, you know, if you support or encourage her, she feels she loved, she feels energized, she feels fulfilled. Even though there's so much going on, she misses in her life. But as husbands, we are there for them. Moms can do more, I believe. The moms can be you know, do more for the family, for God, even for their own personal life. Uh, that's, that's mother of prayer. Now let's look at the third, the final one, a mother of faith. Um, let's our, a mother of faith. Uh, let's, uh, let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 2. So we're going to talk about a mother of faith who is a Jacobite. She is a mother of Moses. She's a mother of Moses. So we're going to read through this story of Moses, and we're going to look into the how she has put her faith in the trust, and she became a mother of faith. Uh, let's uh, start with chapter 1, verse 8. Now there rose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Uh, verse 10. If... War breaks out, they join our enemy and fight against us and escape from the land. So let's go to verse 15. He says, Then the king, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sephira and the other one Puha, When you serve a midwife to the Hebrew women and, uh, and see them on the birth stool, if it is the son, you would kill him, but if it's a daughter, she will leave. Uh, then let's uh, go to chapter 2, verse 1 to uh, 5. Chapter 2, 1 to 5. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him, when she could hide him no longer, she took him for him. She took for him a basket made of bulrushes and dubbed it with bootmen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his, her, his sister took, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to the bath at the river while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. So, if you look at the story, the in the time of uh, uh, when the Israelites were uh, like slaves in the land of Egypt, uh, the the population of the Israelites were growing, and the king, the new king who came up, he saw that the Israelites were growing so many in number. He got scared that they might grow big and they join with the enemy and and leave the country, or there won't be no slave, or they bring a war on Egypt. 
So the king ordered all the midwives, said that if a Hebrew woman have a son, you need to kill her. If it's a girl, leave her, uh, let her leave. However, you, we, we look at this book, book uh, we look at Exodus in this chapter, we see that God chose Echobite and her husband to give a son, that he chose their family to raise a son that would lead the Israelite from slavery to uh, to the promised land. And you all know the rest of the story. But here, I want to pinpoint few things. Uh, she uh, pinpoint two things about faith of Jacobite. Faith of Jacobite. It is very interesting to see that <clears throat> she knows the order of the king, that if she gives a birth to a male son, she will be killed. But if let's put ourselves in the situation. I know I had a baby recently, a couple of months ago. From first month to third month, every two hours she gets up and she cries. She never sleeps. Every two hours. Oh my, I mean, I mean, you fathers or mothers, they know that having a child and trying to save, save her from people where they're trying to kill the baby. And it, having a boy baby might get midwives into trouble. It will get the parents into trouble. But this took a lot of faith. In Hebrew chapter 11, Hebrew chapter 11, 23, a Hebrew writer adds about Moses' parents. He says that by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, by faith. So we see here, whatever the circumstances she was in, even to the extent of death, she had faith in God. So I, I would like to encourage you today that uh, to have faith in God in whatever things we do. We would have heard many times uh, about faith. You have, we have heard this word many times in churches, in prayers, through books. Like, you know, if you talk about saving grace, or, you know, all these things. But uh, I want to talk here like sustainable faith. Like you trust, to, you learn to trust God every day with your life. An author said about it, sustaining faith like this. Sustaining faith is simple language. In simple language is the assurance that the, which is the assurance that the thing which God has said in his word is true and that God will act according to what he has said. Yes, God will act according what he has said. If God promised you that he is going to act upon that, if he, give, he said he will protect you or he'll guide you, he will lead you, um, we need to put have faith in the God. And being a mom and, it take, and being, putting a faith in God, and you know, it, it's a very hard job to put faith sometimes being a mom. So I would encourage you that, uh, sustainable faith, which is like trusting in God, that God will provide, God will take care of our needs wherever we are. He will protect. So we can look at life of Jacobite, wherever situation she is, she's trusted God. Because of that, she could able to, uh, uh, she was able to save the baby. And I, when I look at this story, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy, simple to just hide the baby, just husband and wife. I believe the community was there to protect them because neighbors know that there's a baby. So when we look at here, if you, uh, you know, to have faith, we, you have to surround yourself with the people who can, you know, 
who can encourage you to grow you in faith. You need to have to fill a, a community where they encourage you rather than listen to the lies or rather than you thinking ourselves as a mom. But, and I believe, I, I, I have personally experienced here in TSE, even Grace, we have talked that we have wonderful women of faith who are surrounds us, who encourages us, who help us to grow this, protect this child, how they have protected the child they, uh, the community would also protect the moms who, are, who need, who are struggling with faith or trying to put faith in God for certain things. They can cover you. They can help you with their prayers. They can encourage you with their words. And I think TSC, we have a wonderful woman of faith. So, I would, so we have to trust God everything with our sustaining life. He is our sustainer. He is our provider. And so we can learn that from Jochebite that she put her trust in God, and she surrounded herself with the people of who can protect them from the king or the, from the soldiers who are trying to kill the baby. And eventually, because of Jacobite, Jacobite faith, God saved Moses through, mysterically, through the own people who were trying to kill Moses. But God is a, he's a wonderful miracle. God, he changes things around in our lives too, that who are, things are destroying or things we think not in control or things not happening, but God is going to turn around. And through that situation, God is going to raise a prophet like Moses. God is going to raise our families or our life and that they would, he would lead the people from the, whatever slave or boundary to the promise what God has given to us. Uh, so I, that's the sustaining faith we can learn from Jacobite. So, uh, so yeah. So, in the conclusion, I I am very. Uh, I can say that in TAC we have mother who are life givers, who always want to pray, who want to support us, and we and life givers. I mean, when I came to Reading, Jeannie, uh, she took me under her wing. She is my first white. Uh, white American mother. I have a Latino American mother too. So, but she, 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 she you know, I feel like she, she gave me a life here because of her. I was able to stay in her house. You know, it is not a spiritual, but she, like spiritually, um, materially, physically, and there is other moms who supported us, like financially, or like I can go on with the prayers or gifts. We are people surrounded in TSA with life givers. And I'm very thankful, praise God. And I would pray that it will continue to grow and continue that you'll give more life to the people. And we have a lot of women of prayers in TAC. And I'm very pray- thankful to them for being a prayerful mothers. And we have a mo- uh, moms of faith in TAC. So I'm very thankful that their faith gives an example to us that we can trust God. Uh, so I am very thankful that God has blessed our family, TAC, with uh, moms who are life givers, who are prayerful, who are faithful. So that, uh, so this Mother's Day, I pray and uh, I, I pray to God that for mothers who are, that mothers would be, who are not or in a place where they feel that they are lost or they are not, I would encourage them to pray like Hannah, trust in the God, or put faith like Jacobite, and remember that God chose you to be a life giver, 
and you have a purpose for that. So thank you once again for um, Pastor Sean, and I thank the Lord for this opportunity where I can share uh, on a Mother's Day. And uh, yeah, uh, yes, let's be the life givers. Let's be the prayer warriors. Let's be the faith women. Thank you. And let's bite down and pray. Let me just pray and end this message. Dear Father, thank you so much for giving this opportunity to come before your throne and hear your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us on this Mother's Day, Lord. Help us to be like a Eve who is a life giver. Help us to be um, like uh, Hannah who can pray for the people and, Lord, a great uh, prayer warriors. Lord, help us to be like a Jacobite where we can put our faith and trust in you that you are a good God who, are, who knows us and who hears our prayers. Thank you once again for this opportunity. We want to give you all the glory and you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Surround me
Father, thank you so much for the goodness that you have given us through our mothers. Lord, it's uh, just amazing to think of um, having a mom who, uh, first of all, gave us life. I loved how Shalem brought out this reality that all of us are dependent on our mothers for life and that God has granted uh, moms to have this amazing gift to give each and every person in the world, and that's life. Uh, but Lord, we also thank you that uh, so many of our mothers are also prayer warriors who spend many, many uh, nights awake <laughs> praying for us uh, from, from the time we're little all the way until, you know, we're really old like I am and others. <laughs> and we just thank you that you've given us mothers who pray for us and care for us and lift us up before you and mothers who are examples to us of faith. Lord, we do pray that you would bless each woman, each mom in our church and around this world, that, uh, Lord, you would just uh, reach out to them in special ways this day as they uh, get to spend time with their family, maybe in these strange times, maybe not uh, be able to spend as much time with their family as they'd like, but, Lord, that you would just uh, encourage their hearts, encourage their souls, Lord, that you continue to draw them into intimate relationship with yourself and continue to embolden their prayers and continue to deepen their faith in you. Lord, you are a mighty and awesome God, and it's a privilege to be part of your kingdom. Thank you for uh, all that you've done for us, and thank you for giving us mothers. And just want to read just a couple of verses out of Psalm, uh, Proverbs 31, familiar to uh, many of us perhaps, but uh, at the beginning of this proverb, or at least halfway through or so, it talks about uh, the the... The faithful wife and how important it is to have that, a faithful mother. And then on and on it goes and describing uh, this woman of faith. And uh, towards the end it says these words. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless, and hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day. I just wanted to say as well that I, my first white mom, uh, was my actual birth mom. And she gave me birth in an awesome uh, woman that she is, and happy moms. But I also have a Hispanic mom. So that would be my mother in law, uh, the one who gave birth to my wife. So, so cool. You know, Shalem and I were like connected, right? We got a couple of American moms, one white and one Hispanic. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, 
We love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning in worship. Uh, we will continue to have the chat on and play a little bit more music for another uh, five or ten minutes here. Uh, please stay on and continue to chat with us. Uh, God is working. He's doing great things. Super excited to see what he's doing in your life. Uh, I'm super excited to hear more testimonies in the future. So please continue to reach out on Facebook or uh, via email or, uh, you know, just give me a phone call sometime and tell me what God's doing. I know so many, many of you have done that. Continue to do that. It encourages me. Uh, also gives me some people to call up and say, hey, it's time for you to do a video for our service on Sunday. So, all right, let's continue uh, in worship and fellowship. Uh, God bless you all. Have a great week. So, honey, do you love moms? I love moms. Oh, I know me too. They're the best. <laughs> I love moms. Do you know what mom stands for? M stands for mom. O stands for om. M stands for m. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you.
a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children
Don't forget who you belong to. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's with you. He is for you. Amen? Amen. My mom's name is Nancy. My mom's name is Jeannie. <laughs> They're the best. Honey, what are the best things about moms? They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty. And they're great cooks. Mm, I love their food. You know what you get if you turn mom upside down? Wow! <laughs> but perhaps when I lose my way and I forget my name, remind me of who I am. The mirror all I see.
nostril sauce.